0: Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Human Enhancement Podcast. This is your host, Jeffrey Wu. And one of the topics that we've c- touched up across multiple conversation is the gut microbiome. I think there's more and more science and data showing that there's this gut-brain access and interesting research showing that, you know, you know, the gut microbiome could be considered a forgotten organ and it affects so many different endpoints in health performance. Uh, et cetera. So excited to have an expert in the space, Sunny Jane, who's the co-founder and CEO of Sun Genomics to talk about the gut microbiome and what work they're doing. So happy to have you on the program.
1: Well, thank you, Jeff. I'm glad to be here on the podcast and excited to, to reach out to your listeners and um, engage more people about their microbiome.
0: Yeah, perfect. I always like to start with a background. How did you get into this space? I know you've done some graduate work in cellular biology, microbiology. Um, What is your background uh, and and what got you focused on the microbiome?
1: Yeah, My background is in microbiology as a BS in molecular medicine, master's, um, and transitioned that academic experience into clinical molecular diagnostics worked for several um, companies creating assays for reference laboratories on the molecular side, including LabCorp and uh, Sequinome, Uh, and most recently worked for Illumina for seven years, bringing next-gen sequencing technology into a clinical laboratory setting and human genome sequencing into a laboratory setting. So my experiences have really kind of come full circle, and then I've kind of brought Next gen sequencing technology and understanding to now the microbiome side of things, where I started my BS with. Um, so I'm really, um, you know, fortunate enough to get to, to leverage all the past experiences I've had into this new venture.
0: Interesting. Uh, For those who might not realize, but Illumina is the company that builds all the hardware that all the genetic testing companies use. Right. So like 23andMe, ancestry.com all those guys are essentially built on top of Illumina. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, exactly right. Um, And in fact, uh, when I joined uh, Illumina, those were some of the key projects going on, was ramping those guys up and uh, beginning to understand how people engage with their personal genomics was really a fortunate part of being at Illumina during that time. Uh, and, uh, it's only gotten, um, more and more, uh, integrated into mainstream, uh, and the mass market now. And so it's, it's just an exciting time for personal genomics yeah. overall.
0: Yeah. So, so I guess when you were at Illumina, you saw this opportunity with the gut microbiome. And I guess that's how you transitioned from like, okay, I've done seven years at Illumina, you know, Was there a catalyst that was like, oh, wow, this is the next big opportunity where I need to do this myself?
1: Well, one thing that I found very interesting when we would sequence human genomes, there was a fair amount of sequence that would go left unused, Hmm. and that was from uh, saliva samples. And I almost wondered what that unused information was, and we later found out that that was mostly bacterial. Uh, and really, that's the the oral microbiome that is is being sequenced but not used for what the product was. And that, to me, was an interesting thing of, well, shouldn't we look at that information? Shouldn't we try to understand that information? Uh, and around that same time, the Human Microbiome Project completed in 2012, the American Gut Project took off in 2014, there was this huge explosion in computational sciences and understanding microbiome data, and it all just kind of came together. And in 2016, we started Sun Genomics. Um, the real the real switching point, though, uh, I must say, was a personal one um, in in that my son had a dysbiosis, which is when there's a shift in good or bad microbes of your gut. And it was a, a call to action for my uh, wife and I to understand uh, what should we do next? Should we put him on probiotics? Should we understand his gut microbiome uh, and a combination of the two? And and that really is what drove uh, the company forward to where we are today.
0: So how did you know it was a gut microbiome issue? Was it just you know the standard care the doctors didn't know what's going on? And you guys did your own homework there, or how did you know that the microbiome was was the was the, the root cause?
1: Yeah, a little bit of that, but we had great care. Uh, but it 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 did manifest as sort of you know his his stool movements and things like that early on were not where they should be, and um, you could tell that there were some gastrointestinal issues from the symptom side of things, um, and we wanted to understand what exactly were those issues from a microbial standpoint, or if there's anything we could do. There's now science that says you should seed and colonize your gut microbiome in the first thousand days of life. And if you if you aren't properly seeding that that microbiome in the first thousand days of life, that could be what is leading us to this increased incidence of allergies and asthmas in our in our population. So seeding it correctly became critically important for, for our decision making with, with our son.
0: Interesting. Um, so I guess like the way I've been looking at the gut microbiome has been through a couple different lenses. So I have a friend, I don't know if we should actually get him on the podcast. His name is Josiah Zayner. He was one of the first people that implant a fecal microbiome, I guess like sort of as a biohacker uh, to transplant that into his own system and see if that's seeded. And that was to cure his own uh, sort of gut issues. And then you've had a lot of I guess, interest around supplements or foodstuffs to help shift different microbiome makeup uh, to drive certain types of outcomes. I think there's emerging science that suggests that, you know, a healthy person's gut microbiome looks very different from an obese person's microbiome. Um, What is the peer review literature out there uh, in this space? Because I know... You know, my sense of the space is that a lot of people are experimenting and having hypotheses, uh, but there's quite a bit of research still to be done to prove out some of the indications. What is your sense of the cutting edge here?
1: Yeah, we we are definitely seeing an exponential ramp up in publications in this year versus last year versus the year before. It is just tremendous. Um, I'd say there's 10,000 publications related to profiling microbiomes and specific disease areas in the last two years alone Um, so there's an incredible wealth of knowledge to leverage at this point uh, into into real products and uh, in understanding categories of profiles as you're describing obese versus normal uh, we're still on that exploration stage of okay what is considered normal we do understand what is considered um, sort of the disease state from a full profile uh, in IBS, in NASH, in uh, different types of diet types, in obesity. Um, So you could consider maybe normal in that sense is if you don't have those profiles, right? Right. Uh, The other thing you could consider is normal is whatever your normal is. And so if you haven't tested your gut microbiome, you don't really know what your normal is. Uh, So you don't know what changes from time point one to time point two. And so that's really what we want people to begin their journey to understand what their normal is. And we offer all sorts of comparisons then to, you know, 10,000 profiles from a healthy individual data set compared to you. But, But I think the first step is just understanding what's normal for you. And if you do have something there than making some adjustments to your yeah. life
0: and then as someone that um you know for our listeners out there that might not be up to speed on all the different biotics you know what's the difference between a prebiotic probiotic you know you know do you need extra fibers to be you know a substrate for the probiotics to, or the, you know to actually bind to can you uh elucidate you know all different pieces of how one you know all those terms and 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 how do you actually you know what do you actually want what is legit what is not legit
1: yeah so there's three key terms probably which is prebiotics probiotics and then what they're calling postbiotics and those are sort of at the three stages prebiotics of course is uh, a delivery of some sort of molecule that is before uh, your probiotic and um, it provides nutritional benefit to probiotics in your gut or delivered with your probiotics to provide nutritional benefit to the So like probiotics. what
0: compounds would be considered a prebiotic?
1: Things like, you might see the, the terms FOS or MOS, FOS or MOS, these are oligosaccharides, okay. um, and those are food for the probiotics. Um, uh, so also like complex things- complex
0: carbohydrates essentially, like complex carbohydrates.
1: Okay. Yeah. And other things that are also being um, recognized as prebiotics could include fiber, as you're mentioning. Yeah. Um, but there's several other things also that we're beginning to study as understanding as, as food sources for the good microbes of our gut. Even probiotics themselves could be prebiotics for the other probiotics in our gut. Um, and we're beginning to understand the levels uh, that interplay here. So probiotics, by definition, are, are to be are living organisms that survive the gastric system and provide and confer a health benefit to the host. Yeah. Um, and um, and that those organisms actually can um, live in our intestines, they can get into the mucosin layer, they could even bind the epithelial cells there. Um, and if they release any beneficial molecules, like a vitamin, that would be considered a postbiotic. So something that a probiotic can release is considered a postbiotic, and right. so you can actually take probiotics that give you your vitamin supply. Yeah. Um, so you wouldn't have to necessarily take all the all the different vitamins. So the probiotics can have a different um, characteristics depending on uh, which strain.
0: Yeah. I think you mentioned something that was interesting, that some probiotics are prebiotics for other probiotics. So you're literally feeding bacteria to other bacteria. Is that is that correct? <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's right. In essence, um, we now understand there's an interplay between these organisms in our gut. And so, uh, certain probiotics work to drive down bad microbes and certain probiotics actually can help their fellow colleagues or good microbes in, in bringing their concentrations up.
0: And how deep does a personalization go? Um, you know, You know, where are we on defining, you know, we want 50% of type A bacteria, 25% of type B bacteria, and then a, a plethora of CDE type bacteria for these types of use cases. Versus, for example, you know, one might be eating a low-carb, high-fat diet or a ketogenic diet. You want your microfauna to be optimized for breaking down higher fat content. Or if someone is eating more of a mixed diet and eating more complex carbohydrates, uh, your microfauna should probably look a little bit different. How far along are we um, to be able to define those in a more rigorous way? I mean, I think that to me seems to be a bit of the holy grail in the space where it's like, okay, I want to be focused on these types of outcomes where I, I really want to be a super endurance athlete or I want to be a heavy power lifter or my type of work schedule is very, very cognitively demanding for long periods of time. One would imagine that your micro should be optimized for those specific, specific you know, human uh, outcomes. Um, it seems to me that the science is early there, but you know, what's a pathway? How do, how do we get there? Can well, we get a, there? Very, is, is that is, or is that just you know a pipe dream?
1: It's a very interesting question. Um, I I think what we're what you're talking about are what we would consider modalities. Um, so, what is the mode of your microbiome to what your uh, phenotype is, or what you're what you're doing or trying to achieve? So, if it's performance weightlifting then we are seeing that those uh, performance athletes have particular microbes uh, that are really beneficial for them to endure that strenuous exercise. Um, And we're uh, being able to profile those individuals more and more and building these data sets to understand the commonalities. Um, Not all of those beneficial microbes are readily available today as probiotics, so even though um, uh, Jeff, you have an amazing triathlon and you get these great microflora from it. Um, it doesn't mean that we could harvest those and provide them back to somebody else just yet um, right. and then they would become an amazing triathlete. Right. Um, but we are understanding that um, there are these next-gen probiotics that we need to begin to cultivate. The probiotics have been around for decades and there's, they're well understood from a safety standpoint. They're on the FDA's generally regarded as safe list. Um, And so those are the ones we've started with at Sun Genomics. So we know what those can do. Um, And as best as we can, we'll help the different modalities that you're describing with that original set. In a few years, we totally think that this will change as far as what are the different types of probiotics we'll have access to. Uh, In fact, we're working on growing and um, manufacturing our own next-gen probiotics, uh, so that we can be ready for the different modalities that people want to achieve. Cool.
0: Yeah, I would definitely want to stay up to speed and, and stay connected. Let's get the updates there. Do you have, you know, I always like to hear personal anecdotes or, 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 or stories. I mean, I think that helps, you know, con you know make some of these techniques concrete. I mean, how did it work on your son? I mean, hopefully, some of your techniques actually improve his his symptoms. I mean, have you? I mean, are you know? I imagine you're a, a first power user of your own, uh, your own service. I mean, have you noticed changes, or or what are the quantified you know outcomes there?
1: Yeah. So in my son's case, we that was sort of patient number one, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, we did at that time. There weren't real customized or personalized solutions, and. Um, so what I ended up having to do was once I got once I figured out how to do the microbiome testing, it, meaning like reviewing the different types of technologies out there versus 16S versus shotgun sequencing, um, you know, adding in just b- beyond bacterial analysis into the fungi, the yeast, the the viruses, the phages, the parasites, really adding that database of microbial content and understanding. Once we were able to get his full profile back, then um, my wife and I had to have a decision-making uh, session, and, and it wasn't easy. I had to convince my wife that I want to put my son on these probiotics based <laughs> off of this profile. Yeah. And, um, you know, her she had trepidation in, the, in that, well, how do we know these are going to work? And how do we know that they don't have contaminants? So we actually tested and did DNA verification on many of the strains, and then I started to kind of, cust- I cracked open pills of, of ones available on the market and started combining them and created my own formula and then showed all the QC data to my wife, who's also a background in microbiology. So no easy person to convince. And then finally got her agreement. Uh, and I think that was sort of the, the moment that I realized that you could, this could be available more uh, at a mass market level and that we should be customizing these, these formulas for people. For him, Uh, it resolved his GI issues. When we retested, um, we saw those very probiotics that we had added to his GI system present. Um, And uh, the story is continuing. There's events that occur in his life where he takes an antibiotic and we retest him. uh, And we make sure that his microbiome isn't uh, gone to the wayside or a new microbe hasn't seeded in that early stage of life. Uh, that could create uh, long-term issues. Yeah. For me, I uh, I look at more things like uh, you know how can I improve my my weight loss or my my physique and, and in right. those types of things, um, I can say that my weight loss has gone well um, and the profile seems to be handi- handling all right. Uh, yeah. But I, I'm about to reformulate and do some more stuff, uh, and it's kind of in phases. So. Every three or four months, I might change what I'm trying to target or try to achieve, yeah. uh, assuming that I'm successful in the first stage. Uh, and if I'm not successful at the first stage, then I'll, I'll try to reformulate uh, to, to keep working on it.
0: I think you brought up an interesting point that I think should be covered more. I mean, antibiotics blow out good bacteria and bad bacteria. It just blows out everything. So it just, right? So it is. it seems interesting that... Uh, you know, I guess standard care is not more thoughtful of post antibiotic treatment to rebuild your 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 your, your microfauna, right? Like it's 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 because uh, yeah, I mean you're basically starting from scratch, and whatever ends up being there ends up taking over, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, traditionally, when you were sick and you had to go on antibiotics, you might be quarantined a little bit more than what we do today. Modern life, we, we're on the go very fast. Yeah. And so we want to take an antibiotic and still keep working and still be exposed to the same microbes in the environment. Right. And right after you're done taking an antibiotic, it's like, a you know, you're, you can think of your gut flora as like a rainforest. And the antibiotic is just leveling everything in the rainforest, creating sort of free territory for any microbe to come and seed and colonize. And so the, the concept is let's get the good microbes in there first before the bad microbes make their way there. Right. And if we get back into the world and we're exposed to all these um, potential pathogens and the bad microbes make it there, Uh, that could actually create long-term effects that are observed as dysbiosis or even some of these disease states. So taking probiotics just after antibiotic treatment, I believe, is becoming a more standard paradigm in the medical community, and we would also recommend it as well.
0: Yeah, interesting. I I think one question that I've thought about is, um, what's the chicken and the egg? So, you know, is a faulty microbiome profile driving things like obesity or insulin resistance or is because one has unhealthy diets of eating you know processed foods etc causing your microbiome to evolve in a way that um we're not evolve, but you know replace or sort of like the good bacteria with the with the bad bacteria what, what is your sense there i mean i i imagine the answer is a bit of both but i'm curious um to hear your thoughts on and what you know what are, what, are, what are the levers as you know these microbiomes uh, shift?
1: Yeah, it's an amazing complexity when yeah. we begin to incorporate into what disease uh, and microbiome um, are associated and how are they associated and which came first. Um, right. I think we're still trying to understand... The which came first aspect, just as much as we're trying to understand the chicken and egg aspect. So, um, you know, I think there we understand now that your microbiome can change based off of many factors, and that includes diet, environment. Like uh, fasting
0: will change your microbiome. I mean, just it's like interventions will change it very materially.
1: Yeah, that's right. And so, being able to track and trend that over time is becoming more and more important, so that you yourself can make decisions. Uh, about what you want to impact, what you want to have impact your microbiome, um, and you know, monitoring it to make sure it doesn't go into that sort of disease state is also critically important. Um, so that you could potentially catch things as a what I would call a signature um, before it sort of picks up into more of a chronic condition. Um, I think that's where the science really is going to become interesting uh, over the next few years is how we use this as a preventive um, tool and what do we, what is the preventive tool we use to, to to help our microbiomes. Is it we start to exercise more? Is it we change our diets? Do we take a dietary supplement? Right. Um, do we take even more critical actions in therapeutics?
0: So is that the problem you're solving with science genomics, sort of? Going from the data collection side, understanding the profile of microbiome changes over time, and then also creating interventions uh, to, to manipulate those in the right direction. You know, what, what is the value? So I mean, I think it's like interesting. So I think there's multiple. I'm curious how you see the ecosystem playing out. Because you have companies like Ubiome, which I think are more focused on the characterization side. And then you have companies that are focused on just like kind of one size fit all probiotics or prebiotic supplements and it sounds like from my understanding you're trying to combine that into one seamless service.
1: Yes and I feel that this information age of genomics is coming to an end where the, the days of just providing information back to a consumer is no longer enough engagement for people to. Um, change something about their health or wellness. They've done studies now on the sort of the retroactive groups that have used the twenty three and me test, and how many people actually made a change to their lifestyle based off of their genomics. And unfortunately, not many. And that it's and there's a reason why, because that behavioral change is is infinitely more difficult yeah. than um, than the other solutions. and and the other solutions might be, uh, to take a dietary supplement. So at Sun Genomics, we're trying to tie that information into a real action. And now you have your dietary supplement. And not only is the supplement the action to help manage your microbiome, but it also could be that behavioral trigger, right? That, that sort of um, subconscious thing that you're doing, and then all of a sudden you start to eat better. You start to exercise more. Uh, because you're also tying now that action back to to taking the supplements, so that's that's kind of the 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 movement we want to create with our customer base, and so it's not only just becoming more aware and empowering the customer uh, and the consumer, but also enabling everything else about their lifestyle so it fits in place.
0: Yeah. No, I think I think that's a good observation i mean i think having operated in this space if you will for the last three four years i mean one of the critiques i think folks like us get is that oh you know is this complex this data too much data is it too complicated um is it just information porn you know what are people doing actively to actually implement changes right and i think you see that with continuous glucose monitoring you know some people will say you know you know the average person doesn't you know doesn't understand it or that's too much work by knowing just for me personally just seeing my own glucose levels for the first time in real time and seeing that if I drink a soda it'll go up to 350 milligrams of deciliter which is very very high and, and a normal meal a healthy meal i get up to like 150 seeing that seeing that change quantitatively is is so impactful because I think we all know that you know, drinking soda is probably not good for you, but just seeing the actual number of how not good for you, you know, change my behavior, uh, uh, and reinforce good behavior. So I think what you're doing with, you know, interventions on the gut microbiome, I think is this right approach. I think people are searching for these closed loops of rewarding action with short-term or relatively short-term measurable differences.
1: Yeah, that's right. And you know, you, you take these refined sugars and there could be uh, a consequence to your gut microbiome as yeah. well. C. diff is a known um, a bad microbe of your gut, uh, C. difficile. And when, when there's a lot of refined sugar around, it loves to grow and flourish. And right. that's not the one you want to grow and flourish because that's what creates these chronic reoccurring um, issues uh, in, your, in your GI system and inflammation. So really beginning to see how your actions are changing um, something about your human physiology is interesting, right? And maybe that's wearing a fitness wearable and you're running a lot more and your resting heart rate is now dropping. Maybe it's, uh, you know, that's that feedback loop that's that's engaging you more about your health.
0: Yeah, so what is the feedback loop on the gut microbiome? I mean, is this, it's not like you, know, you eat a probiotic and tomorrow your, your, your fauna is completely different. Uh, you know, how long does it take to see a shift?
1: Yeah, um, we're seeing that um, as soon as a month after beginning precision probiotics that our customers have a, a change to their probiotic profile and their overall microbiomes. Uh, we recommend quarterly uh, retest, uh, which is optional, or you can continue on the probiotics. Um, but the real first thing is to test yourself, uh, and that's the first thing we do uh, is send out a test kit to the customer, and at their convenience, they can send that back to the lab. Yeah. We analyze their full microbiome profile and provide them with precision probiotics that they can begin for their next three months, and then they can retest and begin to see what changes actually um, happened and real transparency, right? There's a uh, transparency to the probiotics we've provided now. Right.
0: So what's the difference between, you know, the, the personalized approach versus what I can, what we could buy off of a GNC shelf. I mean, are, are those, you know, overly broad, one size fits all. I mean, uh, you know, what, what, what are the current ones that you see in all, all the probiotic pills like lactobillus, you know, A, B, I mean, um, is that all those reasonable general things? I mean, is yogurt kimchi? I mean, I think you have all these fermented foods that people broadly say are beneficial probiotics. What's the what's the data there? Is that kind of overly hand wavy, or is there real science behind like the general probiotics that we see on the market already?
1: I think those are those are healthy foods and healthy lifestyles to begin to look into. Now, when we started to study some of these functional foods as far as do the microbes themselves survive the gastric system, we found something quite astonishing. So we took tons of products off the shelf, including yogurts and including dietary supplements and probiotics, and when you put it through what we call a mini-gut, which is basically a simulation of your stomach and the acids and vials and salts, and you try to plate out uh, the number of microbes that would survive, we found that it, in almost 85% of the cases, it was completely eliminated. Um, and so you weren't actually getting these live beneficial microbes to your intestines. So hydrochloric acid it, in
0: the stomach just blow, it kills all these guys.
1: Yeah, exactly. The pH is like 1.2 to, to 4 or so. It's really acidic. And your, your your small intestine, the pH raises back to about 5 and 6 and uh, that's where the microbes can actually grow. And then in your large intestine, they're around seven or eight where, where things can further grow. So in the stomach, if they're just exposed to the environment, you need a scoop a yogurt with a bunch of live cultures. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an acid bath for them, right? Um, yeah. They're not gonna be able to survive. Yeah. Cool, so how did you solve that problem? So we've developed some technology at Sun Genomics where the, not only the the screening methods we use for probiotics that were strains we're using include ones that survive acidic conditions, but also the encapsulation. So the pill that we're providing um, is uh, enable, is able to survive the low pH conditions of your stomach. And then when it reaches five and a half, that's when the pill dissolves. Hmm. And so the full essentially load of, of microbial Content will be released when it reaches your small intestine that way.
0: Okay, so it's like a it's not like a typical gelatin capsule or a, Or like a like a cellulose capsule. This is a special capsule that I guess Dissolves at the specific pH range that you're trying to target which is the small intestine
1: Yeah, it's an FDA approved capsule that is um, a Vegetable based so it's not gelatin um, and And so it's a, it's a rare find for us to, to have this type of technology uh, tied to tied to our um, dietary supplement uh, delivery as well. So we're really excited about how its performance has been and we're putting up some new side-by-side comparisons soon on the website.
0: I think one thing that I'd be also be curious to dive into are interesting postbiotics. So I know a lot of our listeners are interested in, ketogenic diets ketones i've read literature around how some types of uh of fauna uh might generate or throw off beta hydroxybutyrate or ketone bodies as as byproducts that would be interesting for a lot of people looking to elevate ketone levels um to get into more ketogenic state without having to do fasting or eat you know crazy diets or without having to use exogenous ketones like some of our products i'm curious um You know, have you looked into uh, ketone related postbiotics or uh, if not that specifically, what are interesting postbiotics that are on your radar or people should be thinking more about?
1: Yeah, we haven't specifically looked at that. Um, we, we do agree that's an interesting uh, way to, to be able to enhance sort of your, your dietary state in providing the ketones. Um, and there are things called digestive endo- enzymes that you could also take, um, you know, that are kind of postbiotics that are a supplement essentially. Studies around which probiotics would best benefit that exact type of phenotype, I think, are still in progress. Um, and um, is there a future which we could figure that out potentially? Um, and I think at this stage, it's a little too early to understand specifically with, with that example that you're giving. But as far as postbiotics in general, um, short chain fatty acids and butyrate. Um, release are good things that that probiotics can release and improve your microbiome health. These things kind of bring up the good microbes of your gut. You even mentioned fasting. uh, And fasting actually helps bring up some of the good microbes and and deplete energy sources from the bad microbes. And that's where sometimes... Yeah, exactly. The the 16-hour fast might be a good thing to to try out, um, and uh, it can help bring up the good. But if you wake up in the morning and then eat a pop tart, it may not be the best thing to do. Right. Um, so it just kind of depends on how that fits into your lifestyle.
0: Yeah, I think I think I think it is all about measuring, right? I think, especially our audience. I mean, you have to be quantitative, and I think a service like yours, where you know you're doing all these interventions, and the microbiome is something that is getting more and more understood and something that we can manipulate if you can change if you can change it within a month or a quarter i mean it seems reasonable that one should be tracking this over time and i think that's like the whole you know my sense of how healthcare is going to evolve for right now it's very much a snapshot of some uh, you know blood panels some panels that your doctor you know gives you once a year maybe you know if you're if you're really on top of it and if you can get services and techniques and, and sensors where you can get a lot of this data uh, continuously, I think more and more people can make better informed decisions on a more continuous basis rather than like, oh my gosh, last year I had this kind of thing. Now I need to take prescription drugs and next year I got to do like a completely different thing. And it's, it seems like almost backwards to me where we continuously update uh, almost every other hard piece of hardware we own you know, our cars, our computers, we constantly know the stats and all that, but we don't know the stats of things that are really important to our own health, like, you know, our microbiome.
1: Yeah, such a good point. Um, let's begin to empower each other with that information, and um, we've, we've got the tools to do it now, and it's more about um, engaging with it, and we hope we can put out a report and, and probiotic formula that really helps people feel good, and, but also see the truth behind what's happening. Awesome.
0: Anything else we should talk about that we haven't covered?
1: Well, you know, one thing that's interesting between um, you know feeling better is is this new field of of gut brain access, yes. Uh And um, we're now understanding just how important the the vagus nerve and the nerves in the in the intestines are in connecting to our mind, uh, and so probiotics are now being looked at and put into this field of gut-brain access and um, it's a very interesting field that we're interested to, to participate in. Actually, our chief, um, one of our lead scientists is a neuroscience PhD um, and uh, has an interest in that as well. So we're excited for the future of, of managing things well beyond just traditional digestive health and really into overall wellness and and from, you know, sort of a mind and body and GI system.
0: Yeah, I think one of the facts that are less well known is that the gut is one of the biggest uh, producers and receptors of neurotransmitters, right? Like serotonin, dopamine, like there's sensors and receptors for things that we associate with uh, cognition. So, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, absolutely. I mean, do you have any thoughts or additional thoughts in in
1: that area, in that line? Well, some people have even described it as far as the gut being maybe the the second brain. Control, yeah, the second brain or the control room of of our of our GI system or of our bodies. Um, We we understand that there's those release of serotonin and 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 um, good neurotransmitters um, in the GI system and beginning to explore that. Uh, I'd love to see the studies done in a more clinical fashion around this, um, but we already know and can appreciate improvements from just surveys and customer feedback of how they're feeling, their moods, uh, when on uh, probiotics. So we're already seeing the, the needle move there as far as um, survey feedback, but uh, there's still some, some ways to go on tying all the complete science to, into that complex uh, system. You know, it's amazing just four or five years ago, we didn't appreciate that the number of microbes in our bodies actually is equivalent to the number of cells in our bodies. Yeah. Uh, so they are an equal mass of cellular material of, uh, you know, that is living in and on our bodies. Um, and uh, you can just think if, if your human cells have that impact to your human physiology, then why wouldn't your microbial cells have an impact? uh, to your, to your physiology. So we're beginning to now. I really appreciate that.
0: Absolutely. Cool. Well, how, how do our listeners follow your work? Uh, how do we find and and stay in touch here? SunGenomics.com.
1: That's right. So on the website, uh, SunGenomics, S-U-N-G-E-N-O-M-I-C-S. Sungenomics.com. You can um, find out more information about Florae, which is the the product that I've described here with the test microbiome and your precision probiotics. We're also on Twitter pretty actively and like to um, write about and talk about recent microbiome scientific literature on there. Um, If you follow us on Facebook, you can see some more fun information about the team and things that we're up to on a daily basis. Um, and we're just trying to engage as many people with their microbiomes and love to hear from any of the listeners. They're welcome to email me as well. My email is sunny at sungenomics.com.
0: Awesome. Is that based on your own name?
1: The company is actually actually based off of um, uh, more of the concept around uh, sun genomics um, being a second operating system, much like uh, a former operating system uh in in sun microsystems that was kind of how the that's the a nerdy way to, yeah this. that's a nerdy <laughs> way to
0: link it up awesome <laughs> yeah awesome that's a fun conversation with sunny uh i think the gut microbiome has been definitely one of the most asked for and intriguing topics recently because there's just more and more literature published in the space and i think the big question is what can we do with the science how 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 real is a science and how robust is the science. And it sounds like, you know, the Sun Genomics team has uh, the right approach in quantifying and, and giving the right tools to measure outcomes of the interventions that they're producing. Uh, I imagine there's a lot of interesting overlap with, you know, what you guys are interested in out there and, and what we're doing at Human. So uh, I, I imagine that Zill and our team, Hill, will continue to keep in touch and update on on the microbiome side of things as always um thanks so much for tuning in uh i'm not going to talk about the subscription stuff because you guys know the channels that we're on but any feedback questions ratings it's always appreciated thanks so much and see you next week